Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. We've got a great hour coming up for you. We're going to be looking at a little college basketball here in the front half and the back half of the hour and along the way. We're going to be looking at some NBA. We're going to be diving in a little bit on the NFL offseason as well as Manuf Manji does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is going to be joining me in about 15 minutes. We're going to be taking a look on the front of the association along with the NFL and on the way, we're going to get you guys set for this College Basketball Monday, where we don't have too many more College Basketball Mondays without conference tournament action. As a matter of fact, this is going to be the last Monday before conference tournaments start up in college basketball. Those get started up not this coming Monday, but next Monday. So it is a glorious time to be taking a look at the hardwood, and it's always a glorious time to be on here on VSIM because I've got the best team in the business behind me. You've got my wonderful producer, Brian, which we were talking a little bit about the Oscars with our good friend Tom Cunningham in our number one. Brian does a great job on that front as well, and he's got his own podcast, the Concierge Confidential Podcast. You're able to get that wherever you find your podcast. He does an amazing job. Give you guys pretty much the 411 when it comes to taking a look at all things Las Vegas for places to eat, and I am sure that I am probably the last person to ever use the Phrase 411. I think that that went out of style about 20 years ago, but you know what? We're going to ride with it. We're going to try to bring it back. And Ryan, he always brings this funk. So always appreciate him. He's uh, responsible for booking all these great guests and keeping me in line. Like, I'm pretty sure that he'll get in my ear being like, never use 411 again. But that said, he does such a good job on this show. Always appreciate him. If you're watching on YouTube TV, if you're watching on vsun.com, just wherever you're able to get vsun. It is our good friend Andrew who does a great job with all the graphics. And I am a gentleman from the great state of Wisconsin. Andrew is as well. And he always gets a special shout out. He's the only person other than myself to ever walk, to ever rock a UW Oshkosh shirt here in the VEASAN premises. And that always is very, very special because we all know UW Oshkosh is the greatest university ever. I say that very, very biasly as an alum. If you're listening after the fact, in podcast form because everything that we do here at podcast or here at VSIN, it is in podcast form. Whether you'd like follow the money, VSIN tonight, you're able to take a look at a numbers game, the handle, list goes on and on. It is Jaren's that does a great job uploading all those hours, VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast, you search for the VSIN bets, bets feed. It is all there and it is also responsible for posting up all these show highlights on our old Twitter slash X feed at VSIN live. Jaren's does a tremendous job on all those fronts. So we appreciate him. And if you're listening live on Sports Map Radio, if you're listening on the IR Radio app, Visa.com, Taylor is making things every everything sound nice, crisp, and clean. And myself and Taylor, even though he's a Bears fan and I'm a Packers fan, we agree on one thing that the Bears should be keeping around Justin Fields. We'll probably talk about that with Manuf Banji in about 30 minutes. The conundrum that the Bears are facing right now, but certainly 
Always some nice back and forth there and everyone behind the scenes. They are the best in the business. I'm very lucky to be at work with them. And I always say this because they do such a good job. It means I need to be on point with my picks. Had a little bit of a two-game losing streak with the DK Network right up pick. Saturday was just not a good day for myself. You're going to just get those throughout the course of a college basketball season. The most important part is to not dwell on those losses. And I do think that something that probably doesn't get talked about enough here on the network, I just sports gambling in general, because we always take a look at the advanced analytics. You always take a look at, uh, how's your model looking and everything like that. Just the mindset of a better, because you get on these big giant win streaks and not a lot of people know how to be able to handle success, prosperity. There's a lot of people that they don't know how to handle losses as well. You go on tilt and everything like that. And just being able to maintain a even keel mindset, not getting too beaten up over losses, not getting too high and mighty over wins. And that's honestly one of the most important things that we could talk about here on the network, in my opinion. And I do think that it is so important because I don't care what business you are in. It is sports betting. Like, I mean, anyone out there that's ever worked in a restaurant before, you know that there are some days at the restaurant where everything's going great. The food is getting out very well and everything like that. There are some days where things are overcooked. You get some unruly customers and everything like that. I worked retail for five years at TJ Maxx. Trust me, there were some good days at TJ Maxx. There were some bad days. And then there were days where it was just so silent. It's not even funny. So you always have those. And in terms of sports betting, it's just always being able to stay focused, just trying to be able to Keep your wits about you, not abandoning things because one or two plays go wrong or not thinking that all of a sudden you figured out the magic sauce because you got one bet correct as well. So I always think that that is just so, so important. So we're going to go to something that worked out for us last week when I was on the show on Sunday for the Monday write-up. And we're going back to the old swack, as I always say. Money is money. It doesn't matter if you're betting on the biggest game of the night or if you're taking a look at 306-649-306-650. It is Florida AM and they are going to be playing goes to Alabama State, Alabama AM. I mean, I'm sure Aunt Susie, Uncle Tom, they're all going to be huddled around the TV for this one because I, mean, I can't think of a bigger game to be watching on Monday night. But that said, with Florida AM, they're a one-point home underdog, and your total on this game is 140 and a half, where I think that there might be a lot more people betting on this game than will actually be in attendance for this game. But that said, my right up here, we're going to go back to what I did last week. I took the Florida A&M over last week, and we're going to be going back to it. I set my total more around a 144 in this spot. Edges are getting a little bit tighter and tighter in college basketball. That just happens as you get through the season. You get more data points. My lines are the bookmaker's lines. Typically, they align a little bit more because you have much more at your disposal, but Still do see a nice edge here on the over right here on the Greg Peterson experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And I take a look at both of these defenses and there are holes in both of these defenses, to say the least. As you've got an Alabama A&M team that's currently clocking into our 37th at all of college basketball in the nation in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis for A&M. They're in 32nd and second chance opportunities. They are going to be very plentiful in this spot. Alabama A&M does not have a single guy on the roster that's averaging north of four and a half rebounds per game. Actually, their point guard and Cameron Tucker, he's become a little bit of a do-it-all guy. And a part of the reason why Alabama A&M's numbers are a little bit warped to make them look like a worse offense than what they are is because he was out for the first nine games of the season. Tucker he has been really their do-it-all sort of guy. 8.7 points, 4.3 boards, 4 assists, generates a little bit over a steal per contest. He was out for the first nine games of the season. And if you want to compare Alabama A&M, they're averaging 88.4 points per 100 possessions when he was off the floor. 95.3 points per 100 possessions when he's on the floor. So he's been making a difference of about 6.9 points per 100 possessions. And then you've got the same going on for Florida A&M. Their top scorer in Jalen Spear. He was out for the first 10 or so games of the season. He made his season debut on December 30th against South Carolina. And if you take a look at what the Rattlers did in their first 10 or so games of the season, they were averaging 80.5 points for one hour possessions. Just ghastly bad. Ever since he has come back onto the floor, they are averaging 17.8 points more per one hour possessions since his return, averaging about 98.3 points per one hour possessions. Now, I'm not saying either of these offenses are like, juggernauts these are not the Kansas City Chiefs or anything like that of the uh, college basketball land or anything like that but you know what with Spear out there on the floor for Florida A&M along with Tucker out there on the floor 
for Alabama A&M. These guys have really been able to make a difference, and you've got two teams that they're going to be very, very willing to put you on the free throw line. Alabama A&M is allowing the most free throw attempts per game of any team in all of college basketball. They allow 27.4 free throw attempts per game. Meanwhile, Florida A&M, they're not too far behind. They're in the top 30, actually. They allow 24.1 free throw attempts per game. You're also able to compound that with the fact that these two teams are tied in terms of where they rank nationally in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage. And it's not in a good way. 304th. Both of these teams are allowing their opponents to shoot 35.7% from downtown. You've been able to have Keith Lamar for this Florida A&M team really be able to step up. He's supplying the team with about 12.5 points, 6.5 rebounds per game. Meanwhile, you've got an Alabama A&M team that has that Dalen Smith. Be Mr. Do-It-All. He was really the lone of their top five scorers from a season ago. That was able to return. He's been able to supply the team with about 14 points. He gives you about three and a half, four rebounds per game. He's able to pop it a little bit from three points for an Alabama A&M team that they do get themselves into quite a bit of trouble with their turnovers. They're a top 10 team in all of college basketball with regards to most turnovers committed on a per possession basis. That's not a category that you want to be in the top 10 in. And this has been a bunch has been rough with their three-point shooting. They are only shooting 29% from three-point. That affects you much less, though, when you don't attempt a lot of threes, though, as for this Alabama A&M team. In terms of percentage of points that come from three-point range, they're in, like, the bottom 75 in all of college basketball. They really don't lean on the three too much, so I'm able to take that, and I'm able to take that with a little bit less of a grain of salt and be a little bit less concerned about it. Meanwhile, you do have Amari Piku has been reaching his peak. He's been able to give this Alabama A&M team right around nine points per contest. And I was talking about all the fouling that you're probably going to get in this game. For Alabama A&M, each of your top four scores shoot between 78.9 and nine and 79.4% at the free throw line. Have three, four guys, by the way, within a half a percentage point of each other. I actually do think that that's rather wild to say the least, but for Florida M, they've been able to do a relatively okay job at the free throw line as well. I'm not saying that this team is like, by any stretch of the imagination, beastly or anything like that, but of uh, their top five scores, four of them do shoot at least 72.7% the free throw line. They do a relatively solid job. I'll be able to get to the charity stripe, and I do think that this is going to be a circumstance where we're going to get quite a bit of scoring on Florida A&M. I, mean, I wish I could put it any more simply. Having guys that actually give you some rebounding, as once again, with Alabama A&M, you don't have a single guy on the roster. As registering more than four and a half rebounds per game, I do think that that gives Alabama A&M, who has struggled all season long, a little bit of advantage in this one. I do think that something else to be able to help you out with this over, I think that this game is going to be close enough for late game felling. So my DK Network right to pick, that is going to be on this total over. And for A&M, I did set them as a two-point favorite, so going to be looking at A&M outright on the money line, or A&M outright on the money line to go along with this total over as well, which is going to be the write-up. And coming up next, how about if we go from college basketball to the association, Manu Fanji, he does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and he joins me next on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have yet to, do check out the all-new VSN.com. We've got so many betting tools to help you just be able to spot a few more winners. We've got so many great articles up. Wes Arnold's doing a great job taking a look at golf. Our man John Von Tobel does a tremendous job on the NBA front. Adam Berkey is a wizard of a little bit of everything. He does a great job day in and day out putting out great articles to make you a smarter, better over at the all-new VEASAN.com. We're back here on the Great Pearson Experience of Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by this man as Munaf Manji does absolutely tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Take a look at basketball, take a look at football, and so much more. And Munaf, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me, uh, Greg. It's good to talk to you again, my friend. It's great to have you aboard. And First things first, before we dive in a little bit more on the lay of the land in terms of the NBA, we do have two games that are going to be getting going in about an hour, hour and a half or so as we just dipped off that Utah Jazz versus San Antonio Spurs game. That line closed with Utah in most spots being a six half to a seven point favorite. But with regards to the Charlotte Hornets and the Portland Trailblazers, Trailblazers are finding themselves right now as three and a half point favorites and total has really cratered. It opened up at a 218 and a half down to about a 213 and a half. But do you want to get your thoughts on this game? Because one team that has been catching my eye a little bit is this Hornets team because ever since the trade deadline, not like they've been some amazing team that is going to be making some Herculean run to the playoffs or anything like that, but they went from just absolutely terrible to actually giving you somewhat of an effort. I mean, you're 100% correct. You take a look over their last eight games, Greg, they're actually 6-2 and two against the spread. Uh, I'm not sure if you caught the uh, final couple seconds there against the Warriors where... Oh, that was uh, horrible. <laughs> yeah, if you had either the plus 13, you pushed on it and... They took a meaningless shot in Miles Bridges, uh, you know, got the goaltending call and they took a little bit of offense to it. So uh, depending on what side of the spread you were there, you were either fortunate or you got the push. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This Hornets team, they're playing with a sense of pride now. And I think uh, uh, Steve Clifford, their head coach, has prided himself on defense and seems like the guys that are at least on the court right now for this Hornets team, they're starting to play some defense and um, them catching points here tonight. I like it. I think that the market hasn't caught up to this Hornets team and what they've been able to do. I know it's been led by Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller coming out of Alabama. I know you and I were talking about the Bama game offline, but he's he's trying to um, you know look like the player I think the Hornets you know um, would pan out to be. I think that has a lot to do with you know just available guys right now. So I think that for the Charlotte Hornets going up against a Blazers team that has just been absolutely atrocious here and catching points here, I'm all over the Hornets. But I'm gonna go right back to that uh, right back to that spread as them as an underdog here. Like I mentioned, six and two against the spread over their last eight games. Give me the Hornets here tonight against the Blazers. Yep, lone trepidation will be traveling from east to west, but I do agree with you. The Hornets are in much better form right now than the Portland Trail Blazers as it's a Hornets team that is finally starting to show a little bit of pride. And then the other game that's going to be going down this one in about 90 minutes or so, it's the Sacramento Kings and the LA Clippers with Clippers between four and five point favorites. We have been seeing this line move around quite a bit and Probably going to get a lot of that moving forward with the Clippers. They've got older guys, and they always deal with injuries, it feels like. But that's that total on this game. And between 237 to 239, so we're seeing quite a bit of movement there. Any sort of a play here with a Clippers team that they've been able to play some really good basketball recently, but I was alluding to it. Injuries are starting to become a little bit concerning for them as well. Yeah, I think uh, Paul George popped up questionable with an illness uh, earlier today. Norman Powell is on the injury report there as well. Um, I think this might be too many points here for the Clippers. I think this is a good spot here for the Sacramento Kings. 
you know, they're a healthy squad. Um, you know, I know they, De'Aaron Fox has been a little inconsistent over the past couple of weeks here, but I think he's going to give this backcourt uh, like their defense. If it is James Harden guarding him, good luck because De'Aaron Fox, we know one of the fastest players in the entire league. So I think it's a good spot for him to come out and good uh, play good ball here. Sabonis has been absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, I think he's probably been their best player. I think I'm in the minority of that, at least for this season. Uh, he's been consistently putting up triple doubles for them. He's been very consistent scoring the basketball, um, you know, getting the rebounds. Uh, I think he leads the league in rebounds. The assist has been there for him as well. So I think this is a good spot here for the Kings. I know they're on the front end of a back-to-back. They play Miami tomorrow back at home. But at least for tonight, I think this might be a little bit too many points here for the Clippers, who were struggling a little bit, you know, before the All-Star break. And coming out of the All-Star break, they handled uh, a business as well. But I think this is a good spot here for the Sacramento Kings, uh, led by Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. Yep, I do think that this is a relatively solid spot as well. And I was just alluding to it with the Clippers. The big trepidation that you do have to have with this team is their health. Because if you take a look at the lay of the land in the West, it's they and the Denver Nuggets. They're right there on top. Depending upon where you shop, you're going to find one of those two teams at the top right now. DraftKings are about plus 245 to plus 250, respectively, to win the West. And then everyone else is 7-1 to one or greater. But how do you take a look at this Western Conference? Because I don't think it's quite as cut and dry as the Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, and everyone else. Because even though I do think that you do have to have some playoff experience, which right now the Timberwolves, the Thunder teams like this, they don't have as much of. I think that they're getting a little bit of short shrift, especially when you take into account the Clippers. You just can't bank on them being healthy in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that, right? We've seen the past several seasons when the Clippers have been in the playoffs that... Kawhi Leonard has missed time or it's been Paul George. I know they added Russell Westbrook and they got James Harden who you know, he's found himself with this Clippers team, but he, again, he has had some health concerns as well. And he always doesn't show up in the playoffs since he left the Houston Rockets in that trade. But I, I kind of like, okay, see th- uh, the thunder here to, to end up as a number one seed in that Western conference. Look, SGA is playing at a very high level right now. Uh, I believe he's second in the odds uh, for a regular season MVP right behind Nikola Jokic. And I think this team is playing with a sense of purpose. So I think that getting that number one seed for this Thunder team would be a great accomplishment, especially what's transpired for this over the what, five, six seasons for this Thunder team, kind of building their roster. And I think this team is primed right now with a healthy SGA, with the healthy uh, Chet Holmgren. Jalen Williams has been playing well as well. Josh Giddey, and they have some great depth on this OKC Thunder team. I think the best thing I love about this OKC Thunder team, Greg, is that they're very well coached. Mar Dagnall has been absolutely fantastic for this Thunder team this season. So they're only half a game behind right now, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, so I expect this OKC Thunder team to have a great second half of the season here. And again, I think they do end up as a number one seed in the Western Conference. Yep, and I do think that there's great value on them as well. As Munaf Banji does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast. So work is joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And along those lines as well, I do think that a little bit of what ties into how the West race shapes out is how the MVP race is going to be going as well. Because right now, your top two guys, that's Nikolai Jokic right now. You're going to be laying the price if you want him to be able to win MVP. Meanwhile, you've got Shea Gilders Alexander. At a lot of books, you're finding him in that neighborhood of two to one, perhaps a tad more, perhaps a tad less. But how do you take a look at this MVP race? Because I do think that if the OKC Thunder get that number one seed, it's really the best selling point for Shea Gilders Alexander, perhaps getting that award. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think that, again, you take a look at what he's been able to do this season. He's been the best player by far um, on this team. There's no question. He also was a starter for the Western Conference. I don't think that's a talked a lot about, um, you know, for this year in the All-Star game. He's averaging 31 points per game. He's also averaging close to five and a half rebounds, six assists as well. So he's able to also fill up these stats. And I think the one thing that makes me really like SGA is that he's not a guy that's relying on the three-point shot. Yes, he can make it, but he's absolutely fantastic getting to the basket, fitting or finishing around the rim. Um, he's a great mid-range jump shooter as well. And he does play defense as well. So when you talk about some of the best players in the league, those are guys that can both play good offense and play great defense. And I think SGA fits that mold. And I think that if they are able to end up as a number one seed, that you'll see SGA get those votes as well. Maybe there's a little bit of voter fatigue with when it comes to Nikola Jokic because, I mean, this is not new territory for him. He He's a walking triple-double. Any gym that he does walk into, it's almost expected that Nikola Jokic, you know, drops a triple-double. But I think that for SGA, I mean, a lot of us, you know, NBA junkies saw this coming, that he was going to be the next superstar of this league. And I think this is a great opportunity for 
uh, SGA and the OKC Thunder that they do end up as a number one seed. That you can see SGA be the MVP, and you can see head coach Mark Dagnall, I think, also is odds-on favorite to win coach of the year. All those awards go to this OKC Thunder team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge believer in uh, SGA. Yeah, SGA has been able to put together a very nice season as well. And then the guy that's currently number three on this board is Luka Doncic right now at 6-1. to one. Any sort of a pathway forward for him because the one thing that I've really picked up on Luka Doncic is that he was always ripped for his defense in past years. The Mavericks all of a sudden are playing a little bit more defense than Doncic. I feel like he's been one of the leaders of that charge. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about the best players in the entire league, uh, Luka is right up in that conversation, right? And you take a look at the trades that they did make at the trade deadline, Greg, with adding Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington. Uh, that gave them some added depth to this um, Dallas Mavericks team, right? Guys that do play defense. We know Daniel Gafford can rebound the basketball, gives them the rim protection as well. And Luka, we know, I mean, if you just watch him play, it's just, it blows your mind on how well he could fill up the, the basket with the ball. I mean, the shots that he makes, whether it's from three-point line, getting to the free throw line, finishing around the basket, I think that it's been a long time for Luca uh, to get this MVP because a lot of time the conversation has been about him. Has he been able to come into shape when the season starts? And this season, I think he he was playing in uh, in the Euro tournament over the summer. He came into shape. He looks really good um, at six to one. This number has moved. You could have got it at ten to one. I think last week or the week prior. But I think that if the Dallas Mavericks are able to make a run in the Western Conference to get into that top three seed, he definitely can win MVP. Yep, absolutely. I do think that we're shaping up for a good race out there. It was looking like it was going to be a runaway with Joel Embiid, that injury. It has certainly opened things up, so we got a lot of fun in the second half of the NBA season. But we got a lot of fun when it comes to taking a look at the NFL offseason as well. Manu Fanji, he's going to be taking a look at a lot of those moves next with me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you are looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns for every single game. Visit vsin.com slash pro to subscribe today. That is over at vsin.com slash pro. We're back here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be rejoined by Munaf Manji. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, taking a look at so many different things. We talked about the NBA in the last segment, but now let's take a look at the NFL. For those that are watching on YouTube TV, visa.com, they see the nice Houston Texans banner behind you. And what are some of your expectations for this offseason with the Houston Texans? Because right now, all the love is going towards these teams as to whether or not they're going to be having these flashy franchise tags, whether or not we're going to see like Russell Wilson, guys like that move. But I do think that for the Houston Texans, it's a very critical offseason because not what much was expected of them last year. And now they've got a little bit of cap flexibility to be able to go out there and be able to help out CJ Stroud even further. Yeah, 100%. Now it's the time about building the roster around CJ Stroud and also the defense. I know, you know, for this Texans team that some of the offensive skill positions are still a bit of a question mark. I know Nico Collins is going to be that number one guy as far as a wide receiver position for this Texans team. But you take a look at maybe the number two guy or the number three guy as far as a receiving group. I know we had Tank Dell who was came out on fire um, at the beginning of the season before he did have a season-ending injury. He should be back for this Texans team next year as well. But I think if we're able to get a solid number two wide receiver next to Nico Collins, I think that obviously that's only going to help C.J. Stroud. Um, but I think the biggest question mark uh, and improvement that's needed is going to be in the running game. Damian Pierce you know, was really highly coveted by this Texans team. It just hasn't panned out thus far this uh, at least over the first two seasons for him, especially this past season for uh, Damian Pierce. I know Devin Singletary was really good for this Texans team before they made that shift over to Devin Singletary. But I think that this running back room is going to need some type of improvement, especially to give some protection to CJ Stroud and having to have him fling the ball all over the field 40 plus times, uh, you know, during a game. So if you take a look defensively, right, D'Amico Ryans, you know, we talked about it, that he was one of the leaders on the defensive side of the football for this Texans team when he was actually playing in the NFL. Um, and now him being back with the organization that he started his career with, uh, and he's a player's coach, right? Players want to go out and play for him, and he's going to build that defense that was a significant improvement 
from year over year for this Texans team. So we drafted Will Anderson number three overall. Now it's just about getting guys to build that defense around. And I think that secondary has been improving here as well. So if you're a Texans fan like myself, what we've endured over the past five, six years, now there's light at the end of the tunnel here, Greg, for us. Absolutely. And I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how this division shakes out as well, because going into last season, everyone thought it was a Jacksonville Jaguars to lose. As we know, they did end up losing it. And for the Indianapolis Colts, we all thought that it was going to be Anthony Richardson that was going to be their main quarterback, which honestly, I thought that actually Gardner Minshew in terms of a 2023 and 2023 only sort of perspective, he was actually the better quarterback for them. But how do you take a look at this 2024 class? Because as we know, it's a bunch of young quarterbacks currently in this division and it all becomes, is there going to be one or two guys that are able to rise up to be able to match what you're able to get out of certainly CJ Stroud. And then obviously with Trevor Lawrence, he's been able to prove himself in the NFL, but it's been a case where the Jaguars around him as well. They've been a little bit shaky the last few years. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for this Jacksonville Jaguars team is that you need to get consistent play out of Trevor Lawrence, right? I know when he came out of Clements that he was a highly coveted, obviously the number one overall pick for this Jaguars team, but and you got a head coach, right? I'm not going to take anything away from Trevor Lawrence in the year that Urban Meyer was the head coach there because that just turned into a catastrophe and just wasn't, it just didn't pan out, right? Whether it was off the stuff, uh, off the field stuff for, you know, Urban Meyer on the field stuff, you know, we read everything, but, but now they brought in Doug Peterson and, the last year they did win this division. They came back in the playoffs last year against the Chargers. Or, I'm sorry, not last year, but the season prior against the Chargers. And I think this was just a year um, where the other teams in the division just got better. And I think that's just kind of what caught up to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think you need to see consistent play out of Trevor Lawrence. They have the, you know, they have the speed at the wide receiver position. They have Travis Etienne in the backfield as well. Uh, so I think it's just about them just, you know, playing hard, playing, you know, having good practices and just putting it out on the field because right now, like we mentioned, this Texan team is only going to get better. Uh, you know, with Indy, do they stick with Gardner Minshew? We know they have Anthony Richardson coming back and we know the Tennessee times they're absolutely in full re- rebuild mode, right? They have a new stadium that's going to be built. Um, it just depends on who's going to be their quarterback. They have a new head coach. So it's going to be fun to watch the AFC South division. I don't, they've been, you know, the, the in the dumps over the past uh, several seasons, but it's going to be a division that's going to be up and, up and coming, especially with all the young quarterbacks that are in this division here, Greg. Yeah, and it's going to be fascinating to see how the Tennessee Titans are able to go forward as well because I was quite surprised by the fact that Mike Vrabel was let go. Yeah. I feel like he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, and, well, he doesn't have a head coaching job right now in the NFL, so that goes to show you how crazy the coaching carousel was this offseason as Munaf Banji does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and we were talking a little bit about the quarterbacks in the AFC South, and there's quite a few teams that right now they are trying to decide, all right, what are we going to do at quarterback? We're certainly the next domino to fall, in my opinion, is going to be the Chicago Bears. We don't know whether they're going to be keeping Justin Fields around. You heard everything on social media. I'm saying that he unfollowed the Bears because he needed a break. <laughs> from the NFL, what have you. You can believe that. You cannot believe that. But there's a lot of people are taking a look as to whether or not they're going to be keeping Justin Fields or utilizing the number one overall pick to take our good friend from USC and how that shakes things up. How do you just take a look at the quarterback carousel right now in the NFL? Because I think that right now, everything, it just relies upon what the Bears does. And from there, everything is going to fall into place. I mean, like you mentioned, right? That That's the domino that's going to fall. And it all it's all predicate on what they decided to do with Justin Fields. I mean, we saw that he was at one week favored to be the next quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the next week he was favored for the Atlanta Falcons. So I think it's going to come to a point where the Chicago bears are going to have to make that decision sooner rather than later, because, you know, like you mentioned, some of the quarterbacks that are coming out in this draft class for the NFL, this upcoming season, whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it is uh, Drake may, uh, JJ McCarthy's name has been popping up as well. But I think that, you know, you just take a look at the Washington commanders. It seems like they're primed to make some type of move to get to that number one spot and take Caleb Williams, right? They hired his former offensive coordinator at USC and Cliff Kensbury. Uh, so if there is a spot here or a trade that's in the works with Chicago to add a couple of more draft picks for that, that's at this year, whether that's next year, you know, they could add, um, you know, some more draft capital. And I think that Justin Fields, he really came on over the last, you know, final month of the regular season for the Chicago bears team. So I think that I think the spot for him will be to stay in Chicago. 
if there is some monumental trade that comes for the Chicago Bears that they somebody wants to move into that number one spot, I've obviously they have to entertain it. But I think the spot right now for Justin Fields is going to be in that Chicago Bears uniform. But I think for the Bears, they need to work on getting some him wide receivers. I know they had DJ Moore, they had Darnell Mooney, but it's just about consistency. And I think that's kind of been the theme for some of these teams that are trying to get it back into playoff contention. I think that if they're able to do that, then I think this team is primed, especially in the NFC North division, where I know Jordan Love played well. And the Lions obviously had a phenomenal season as well. So the, the Bears want to compete with those teams. They have to have some type of consistency. I think that I think Justin Fields is the is the, the is the quarterback for the Chicago Bears team. And I am in total agreement with you as well. If I were the Chicago Bears brass right now, I would be doing everything humanly possible to keeping Justin Fields because I want to yep. get your thoughts on this topic as well. I'm someone that I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, so I've been a very, very spoiled fan of quarterbacks for a very, very long time. But the similarities in the three quarterbacks that have come for the Green Bay Packers is that they all sat for a year plus. And not that you need to have a quarterback sit out for an entire year, but a lot of times when you start a guy day number one, they don't turn out like your guy, CJ Stroud. I mean, CJ yeah. Stroud is one of the very, very small exceptions. How much do you take a look at these teams that they do try to develop a quarterback because we're even able to take a look at Patrick Mahomes. He sat for nearly a year behind Alex Smith and it's worked out so well for some of these teams. Meanwhile, the teams that trot out their quarterback day number one, you have a few success stories, but you've, uh, you've had a lot of flame outs as well. You hit the nail on the head. The, the prime example is Patrick Mahomes that he sat for nearly a season behind Alex Smith, learned the offensive system, and now look where the Kansas City Chiefs are. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, a three-time Super Bowl MVP, and I know th those type of talents are sometimes generational, but I think it's very difficult going from a the, the from the collegiate level level and being drafted by some of these teams and being thrown out there in the in that first day first game of the regular season in their rookie year. So I think there's some type of benefit to sitting these guys at a minimum half a season or something, at least one season, and then letting these guys learn the offensive system of that head coach, learn the NFL ways. And then think that was maybe give some of these younger quarterbacks more success, because like you mentioned, like guys like CJ Stroud, they're an exception to that rule. But like you mentioned, Jordan Love, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, those guys all sat for at least a season and they were able to learn the NFL system in the offensive ways and now look where these quarterbacks are at. Yep, I'm right there with you. I think that's just such a good way to go about it. I mean, that's any job in general. You don't just yeah. get stuck out there to the wolves and you want to be able to learn a little bit more. And we always learn from you, Manu, if you do such a good job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Always appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Always great to have Moon off the board. And coming next, let's take a look at some Monday college basketball. On the Great Peterson Experience, I'm Visa, the Esports Bank Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code of VSN when you do, because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here on the Great Peterson Experience on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It was great to be able to talk a little NBA and a little NFL with Munaf Munch. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And I did, and I do feel like we hit upon a little bit of something there that I do think is worth reiterating. If you are taking a look at the NFL and the offseason, certainly we are a ways away. But I mean, a big reason why I've been talking up, you know what? Perhaps the Bears, they should be sticking with Justin Fields is that we just hit upon something that I think is so important. I know that. C.J. Stroud was really able to pan out year number one for the Houston Texans. And we've seen examples of guys that start day number one and they have success. Like Peyton Manning, he was a very good example of that many, many years ago with the Colts. Andrew Luck was a good example of that as well. A lot of these guys that start day number one, though, it has not been so great for them. And you just take a look at all the guys that, I mean, even if it's not even for a full season, just being able to let them sit, let them develop for a few weeks. I think it's so big. We brought up Patrick Mahomes. Certainly what the Green Bay Packers have been able to do. They did that with Aaron Rodgers for quite a few years. They've done that with Jordan Love. These teams that they're able to allow a quarterback to be able to sit. Take one when you want one rather than when you absolutely need one and you feed them to the Wolves day number one. I mean, it translates to success. Like, I mean, it works all that way in just about any other job as well. Like, if you're joining some sort of restaurant or something like that, if you're training to become a chef, you're not having to cook the entire meal day number one. You're probably learning the menu. You're probably identifying, all right, what is everyone around me doing? The same should go in the NFL as well. So I do think that that is very, very important. I do think that that's something that you do want to take a look at with regards to your NFL handicapping because I just feel like there's such good results in trying to be able to take a look at these teams and they aren't drafting based on need with regards to a quarterback and having to throw out there a guy day number one. They're able to develop a guy, like I said, even if it's for like a half a season or something like that, let them get a little bit of a rhythm for the league. I think that that always turns out very, very, very well. And what always turns out very, very well is taking a look at college basketball and having some fun on that front as we do have ourselves a little bit of a bear Monday, but you know what? We do have some big 12 action. So let's sit upon some of the power conference action that we are going to be getting on this Monday. We'll start it off with 883-884. West Virginia, they hit the road. They're facing off against Kansas State. And Kansas State is a 9.5 to a 10-point favorite. Total on game is between 143 and 143.5. And, and with Kansas State, it is a circumstance where I was willing to make them a 9-point favorite. I think we've went a little bit too far here as I've had to make a little bit of an adjustment on West Virginia. This is a West Virginia team that they're still having a very brutal year in. West Virginia, when they're away from Morgantown, that is tough for them because some of the toughest travel out there in the Big 12 is just going to West Virginia. There's really no clear, shall we say, travel from any of the cities within the Big 12 to West Virginia. So that means that West, when West Virginia hits the road, they're at a little bit more of a disadvantage. And when teams have to travel to Morgantown, they're at a little bit more of a disadvantage as well. So I do think that that's always something that needs to be taken into account, but I also have to keep in mind with West Virginia and their overall season numbers, you have to take them with a little bit more of a grain of salt because they had Kirk Kreese out of the fold for the first nine or 10 games of the season. Noah Farrakhan, Raekwon Battle, those were two guys that they were two-time transfers that they were not given the waiver right away, so they missed the first nine or so games of the season. And 
right there with those three guys. That's north of 45 points per game that were out of the fold. So those guys, they've been making a big impact for the team. Now, Kirk Carissa obviously does turn the ball over a ton. And this is a Kansas State team that is a top 60 team with regards to turnovers for us on a per-possession basis. But Kansas State has had a really rough go of it on offense as well. They're a bottom 40 team in terms of being able to take care of the ball, in terms of turnovers committed on a per-possession basis. And when it comes to this Kansas State unit, they just haven't been able to hit the broadside of a barn all season long from three-point. Kansas State is well outside the top 275 with regards to their three-point shooting percentage. Now, this is a team that they do get a little bit of a nice bump from being in the Octagon of Doom, which I do think that that's one of the best-named arenas out there in all of college basketball. But the backcourt just has not been able to develop the way that it did a season ago. Cam Carter has been able to give you double figures with about 15 points per contest. Tyler Perry, you've seen him on the silver screen. Now you see him on the hardwood. He's been able to give you about 14 points per contest, but neither of these guys have really been able to knock down threes, and you don't have a lot of depth behind them. I like Arthur Columbo, what he's been able to bring to the table as Kansas State has become a little bit more of a defense-oriented team. They're now a team that's in the top 65 nationally. There's points a lot on a per-possession basis. Arthur Columbo is chipping in there about 14 points, seven boards. Do like what he's able to bring to the table, and Kansas State does have the upper hand down low. They have been your better team in this spot in terms of their rebound rate. David Ngessen, Will McNair, these are guys that are providing about 12 to 13 rebounds per game between the two of them. But having Jesse Edwards back and fully healthy is very big for West Virginia as well because I was talking about the fact that they had their guards out of the fold to begin the season. Well, when they finally got their guards back, Jesse Edwards got hurt. So West Virginia has been playing at full staff for about seven to eight games as far as the season. So it does make it a little bit difficult. And you've got a West Virginia team that they gave you a spirited effort against Iowa State. They were able to hold on that game. They lose that game by a single digits. And this Kansas State team, they have not been blowing teams out all season long. They got taken to overtime on their home floor by Oral Roberts. And this is not the same Oral Roberts team. I was able to make it to the Sweet 16 a few seasons ago, along with North Alabama. So it has been a little bit of a rough season here for Kansas State. I think that 9.5 to 10 just going a little bit too far. And with Kansas State, this has become much more of a defense-oriented team. So I did set my total more around to 139. I'm going to be taking a look at the 143 under uh, with West Virginia. Anything north of nine, I'm going to be willing to take the points there. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Certainly, we've got another Big 12 game that we've got in. And we'll do that right now with Baylor versus TCU. This is 889, 890 on the card. TCU, they're between a 2-2.5 point favorite. This was an opener of three. This is starting to come down a little bit. Total on scheme is anywhere between 149 and 150. And this is a total that opened up at 148.5. And I agree with this total ticking upward. I did set my total at 150. So here at the 149, it's a little bit of runway for the over. Now, the last time these two teams played, yeah, both teams be able to get past the 90-point barrier. The reason why you had that is because the game went to triple overtime. But if you look at regulation and regulation only, both teams were able to get to 75 points. It was a pretty high-scoring expose, and you've got a Baylor team that has still been a top-20 team in all of college basketball in terms of their three-point shooting percentage, going up against a TCU unit that they've really sped themselves up this season. Under Jamie Dixon, the tempo it has been getting faster and faster as the years have been going along. If you take a look at them in terms of total possessions frame, they're about number 37 in all of college basketball. This is a Baylor team that they don't necessarily get too far out of sorts. They're more around 207th in all of college basketball with regards to total possessions per game, but this is also a Baylor unit that they do see a stark drop-off with regards to their defense when they're away from home. Baylor, they're allowing north of 15 points more per one-hour possessions in a roadside should score venue rather than at home, and for Baylor and TCU, neither of these teams necessarily has that one dominant rebounder that's going to give you like 10 boards, multiple blocks, or anything like that, but they're both teams are in the top 40 in terms of their rebound rate. Baylor, they've got Eves Missy, someone that's right around 6'10", 6'11", Good versatility. He's able to give you a few blocks. He's able to chip in their six boards per contest. And then Emmanuel Miller, just been a nice do-it-all player for TCU. Gives you a double-figure amount of points. Throws in their six boards. Do like what he's been able to bring to the table for a TCU team that has a trio of different guys. They're able to give you three-plus assists per game. Meanwhile, for Baylor, it's more of the Ray J. Dennis along Jacoby Walter show. Both of these guys applying 14-plus points per contest. Dennis does turn the ball over all three and a half times per contest, but... I mean, he's just a really high-usage guy for a Baylor team that, as a whole, they're only turning the ball over more around 11 times for contest. So they've still been pretty clean as a collective. Both of these teams have been able to do a solid job of being able to knock down their overall shots. I do, though, think that Baylor having to go on the road in this one, it is going to be a little bit of a tough scenario for them. It is a TCU team that is 
committing more turnovers than Baylor, but they're also the team that does a better job of being able to rip the ball away as well. So it is a very fascinating circumstance. I'm going to be willing to ride with the over once again in this spot. I took the under the first time around, and when a game goes to triple overtime and you have the under, you're probably not going to be able to get that home, and I do not think that we're going to get triple overtime in this game, but that said, I did set my total more around 150 here at about a 149 or so. That's my buy point on the over with TCU. Love how well-rounded this team is. Love the fact that you've got so many guys that are able to do all three-plus assists per contest, including Jameer Nelson Jr. So, as a result, did set TCU as a four-point favorite. So, going to be willing to lay in the number, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. How about if we had another game very quickly before we get to what is going to be Miami versus North Carolina to lead off our number three. We'll go Maryland Eastern Shore against South Carolina State. This is old 306-643, 306-644. Some MEAC action. South Carolina State is an 8 to an 8.5 point favorite. Totals between 135.5 and 136. Very silently. This has been a bunch in South Carolina State that has been able to play some solid defense, but they play super-duper up-tempo pace. They are in the top 50 with regards to total possessions. Brain going against the Maryland Eastern Shore team has just been getting completely by and with regards to their defense. I do think that South Carolina State should be able to pull it off. What was greater than some of its parts of the better rebounding team. So I did set them as a 9.5 point favorite. So one to lay up to 9 with them. And this time I told 137.5. I do think that the sheer amount of possessions pushes you over in the spot. And let's take a look at Miami versus North Carolina next on the Great Pearson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bay Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.